Welcome to the Scorecard. Many doubted we'd ever see it. Where we focus on Chicagoland and national golf news. And here it is. The return to glory. Can't help but think of the long one he made in San Diego to pick up his first PGA Tour win in style. Here it comes. Here it Watch out. comes. And there's no doubt about it. The Bear has come out of hibernation. With your hosts, score golf expert and editor of Chicago District Golfer Magazine, Barry Cronin. Well, here it comes. Oh, my goodness. And Mike Esposito. In your life have you seen anything like that? Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine on 670 The Score and Odyssey Station. And welcome into Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score and The Scorecard. Presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine. We have made it through yet another work week. And here we are, your Saturday morning entertainment as we talk about the game of golf and everything going on in this wonderful sport right here on 670 The Score. Uh, alongside Barry Cronin, he is the editor of Chicago District Golfer Magazine. I'm Mike Esposito. Glad to be with you, and Barry, glad to be with you, and lots cooking this morning here, my friend. Well, good morning, Mike. Always great to be with you, and yeah, we've got uh, the golf season in, in, a, in swing now. Uh, we've got uh, a lot going on. Of course, you're, we've got the PGA Tour uh, out in Charlotte, the Wells Fargo Championship, and uh, um, you know, we've got the Walker Cup uh, going to take place uh, today and tomorrow down in uh, down at Juno Beach, Florida, at famous Seminole Golf Club. Um, so that'll be great. It's the U.S. Uh, amateurs versus the uh, the top ten amateurs from Great Britain and Ireland. So that's always uh, uh, really cool to watch amateur golf and uh, and and give the folks a little bit of a. A, a view of Seminole Golf Club, which is something we don't get to see very often. So, uh, yeah, things are going well. Right. Things are going well locally here. We, we've we got uh, springtime in Chicago, which last weekend meant 80s, and this weekend means 30s uh, at night. Uh, and here we are. We are uh, we are uh, navigating the spring. Uh, that is <laughs> always part of living in this area, and we are used to it by now. But uh, uh, we are in the cold end today, but I'm sure people will still be out there uh, as as cold weather golfer Barry Cronin told me earlier this week, uh, you know, while I was complaining about having to coach baseball in this, you were out there <laughs> golfing in this. So let's, you know, let's uh, keep things in perspective here. And I said I agree. Yeah, I was about four hours north uh, playing golf in the in in the wind and the sun and the very brisk. I would say uh, bracing temperatures. That's what right. I I think I've redefined the word uh, cold to bracing. So yeah, it's been great, and um, yeah, people are getting out, and golfers, uh, a lot of golfers don't care about the temperature. This is no. a, this is a pretty hardcore group, and um, I have to say there are a lot of weather clothes, a lot of weather clothing available um, over at your favorite uh, golf uh, shop. Uh, everything from uh, you know the uh, the, every, the nine layers you can put on, and of course the mittens and the uh, the hand warmers. You get those hand warmer things, and those really mm-hmm. work. So, uh, you know, it can be done and it will be done. So, uh, yeah, that's so, right. Uh, 
Yeah. And and if this were winter, Barry, we would be celebrating the fact that it's going to be in the 40s today, and we would be out playing because it's in the 40s. So I exactly, Mike. You know, and I I have to, I we have to remember I have to recall that on December 22nd, uh, you know, my son came in for Christmas, and we just we went out and played golf. Uh, and it was uh, about 47-ish, but the good thing is the sun was out and we were walking. So mm-hmm. when you walk, it's when you walk, you know, you don't quite notice the uh, cold. When you're in the golf cart, the wind chill factor becomes an issue for me. So uh, you know, get yep. your golf cart and push it, you know, or pull it, or hey, however you work it out, or carry your clubs. You do- Carry your clubs, get out there and walk old school. That's uh, that's the way it's uh, certainly get some exercise either way, but uh, the walking certainly helps. Um, we do have a, a great show today. We are broadcasting live from the Hyundai studios brought to you by your local Hyundai do- dealers. If you would like to text us here at the scorecard, you can do so. 312-644-6767. We are presented uh, the tech zone is by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time and shop online at rosenhyundai.com. Uh, a very quick rundown of our guest, Barry, before we start talking about uh, the Wells Fargo. Uh, at 620, we'll have Ron Cassidy on. He is the director of golf operations at the Glenview Park Golf Club. Talk a little local golf with Ron. Uh, Ron Green Jr. We are Ron heavy in the first hour. Uh, Ron, Ron, <laughs> Ron squared in the first hour. Yeah, That's right. Uh, Ron Green Jr. is from the Global Golf Post, senior correspondent. He is at the Wells Fargo, uh, and uh, we will talk to him about what is going on down there in terms of the segment. Uh, at 7 o'clock, we'll do our travel segment uh, as we uh, take a look at courses around the area. Lieutenant Colonel Dan Rooney will join us. He is the founder of Folds of Honor and also the American Dunes Golf Course in Grand Haven, Michigan, They just had their grand opening. We'll talk to the lieutenant colonel about that, about Folds of Honor. He's got a book out, What Doesn't This Man Do? We will talk to him about (laughs) all of that uh, in our travel segment at 7. And then Swing Thoughts, Barry, one of my personal favorite guests, and I know you uh, know Coach Mike Small very well. Mike Small, the head coach at the University of Illinois, uh, my alma mater, and they are just—they are the New England Patriots. They are the uh, <laughs> Alabama. They are the Alabama Crimson Tide of football, except in golf. They are the—they—they uh, they are dominating in the Big Ten. They won their sixth in a row, and their eleventh in the last twelve seasons. Another Big Ten championship for the Illini and Coach Mike Small, who will join us to talk to us about that a little bit, and also tell us uh, uh, or talk to us about improving our swing and. Uh, Doing better out there on the course. Well, you know, he was—he's uh, been national coach of the year. So if he—if he's been national coach of the year, you ought to help—he uh, ought to be able to help us local golfers with a, you know, 15 handicap or whatever handicap you are. He should be able to give us a little, a, good, a little free instruction, Mike. Because that's what it—that's what it's all about. Free that's instruction. Right. Instruction and free. We got two key components in that uh, in that sentence there, and uh, uh, Mike Small will help us with both. Uh, this segment, this segment, excuse me, presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine, and uh, Barry, as we look around, uh, what's happening at the Wells Fargo Championship? I know I saw, I was excited to see because we just talked about Phil Mickelson and his last of lack of focus on last week's show, and then I look <laughs> up on Thursday night and it's like, holy cow, Phil shot a 64 today, but then he followed it up with a 75 yesterday. Yeah, you know what? It's uh. 
it's tough getting old, Mike. And yeah. <laughs> uh, Phil is, you know, it's uh, and as uh, you know, the old uh, saying, uh, "Getting old ain't for sissies." And mm-hmm. Phil is now 50. God bless him. And uh, he he keeps playing hard. Uh, he did go out and shoot the 66 uh, on Thursday. I'm sorry, yeah, a 64 on Thursday, and uh, and was leading the tournament, but then uh, it didn't do so well in the second round. So. Um, uh, and he loves that golf course, Quail Hollow, and and they don't the the field there is not um, rich with top ten players or big name players. Um, uh, Matt Wallace uh, from England is leading in, and uh, Gary Woodland, who won the U.S. Open a couple of years mm-hmm. ago uh, at, at uh, Pebble Beach, is uh, is right behind him. So um, you know it's a beautiful golf course, Quail Hollow. I'm not sure it's hitting the right place on the schedule. So there's uh, they're not overwhelmed with, you know, like top 20 players or anything. But you know what? All those tournaments are great on the PGA Tour. There's a lot of great players. And the and the cool thing about a tournament like this is while you don't have the top 20 or the top 30 in, in the field, you've got some really uh, good young players uh, coming up and, and uh, at a great golf course. And uh, you can learn who they are. And, and they kind of use tournaments like this as a stepping stone uh, to, to bigger things. So... It's good. It's good. We'll uh, we'll have a, it, it'll be a good tournament. It'll be interesting to hear what uh, what Ron has to say about the proceedings down there. Uh, Rory McIlroy turning 32 this week, so uh, uh, he he shot pretty. He played pretty yep. well yesterday, so uh, that's all good. It is. So good. we have you. You mentioned uh, Gary Woodland. He, Matt Wallace, and Patrick Rogers are all at six under. They are the tri leaders. Uh, you have Kramer oh. Hickok at five under. Uh, Scott Piercy, Rory, and uh, Keith Mitchell, Carlos Ortiz, Scott Scallings, all at four under. Phil in a group at three under, uh, and uh, so on and so forth. Our, our friend of the program, uh, Stuart Sink, at two under, continues his <laughs> uh, strong play to start uh, start the season. Uh, Patrick Reed is in that group as well. But as you said, a lot of younger players uh, mixed in with the vets. Uh, and I know it's funny because we did, we literally talked during last week's show about Phil Mickelson and him saying how, as he got older, it's more difficult for him to keep his focus. And I know this is universal amongst the game of golf. It's not just, uh, guys like us out there, out there hacking. It's, it's pros like Phil Mickelson, one of the best to ever do it, who, as he has gotten older, he said, and even they talked about it yesterday, they asked him about keeping his focus. And he said he, he basically told the, the media yesterday that he felt like he threw away two shots in the back nine yesterday, but he's still in his head. He's feeling good. He did not like how he necessarily played those shots, but uh, he feel like he feels like they are, or he is uh, in a good spot heading into this weekend and he's three shots off the lead. Yep. 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 And so, you know, we don't know what, you know, we, we don't know what'll happen because he's uh, all golf is unpredictable doesn't matter how great they are they can they can you know consistency is uh, is an elusive uh, qu- uh, uh, quality or whatever it is mm-hmm. in golf and uh, and it eludes even the best players um, and Phil's a great obviously one of the greatest that ever played and uh, so all we can do is we'll, we'll see what happens and uh, and uh, you know go from there uh, you know I was going to mention uh, 
as far as missed cuts are concerned, we our buddy Will Zalatoris, who was uh, uh-huh. the hero at the at the Masters, uh, missed the cut. Uh, Patrick Cantley, also a great player, missed, uh, and John Rahm and Ricky Fowler uh, missed the cut. Our good thing is Kevin Streelman, T24, uh, mm-hmm. from uh, from beautiful Wheaton, Illinois, uh, one under par, so he's doing well. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau's T64, and so is our uh, Zach Johnson. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll keep on keeping on here, uh, Mike. Uh, you know, I was going to mention. You know, last week we we talked a little bit about the. Uh, this is a little bit off the, uh, uh, veering off the subject a little bit, Mike. Sorry about that. Sure. But, no. You no know, worries. We had we mentioned the uh, the top uh, 15 uh, public courses in uh, in Illinois, and uh, I, you know, I was just wondering if we could. You know, we have the text line. So if our readers, our, our listeners are out there, maybe we could, uh, you know, text in. What are your uh, what are your top courses? Which courses do you like best? And, um, you know, just throw a few names out. You know, if you're the head pro at some club, you know, that you're a little bit biased. We understand. But uh, but if you're just a regular golfer, we just like to hear um, <clears throat> what are your favorite places to play around uh, the Chicago area, the state of Illinois. It would be I think it would be cool to just uh, get some names. Yeah, absolutely, and that is uh, literally why the the text line is wonderful, and it, it is uh, used to communicate with our listeners uh, throughout the week. But certainly, we can <clears throat> we can utilize that on this uh, uh, particular point as well, because I know we have gotten texts before, and you know we've talked about it. Uh, people asking, and and the particular text I'm thinking of from a few weeks back said, you know, hey, how about uh, you know spotlighting as we talk to a lot of people from a lot of very nice courses. You know, how about spotlighting uh, some of the most uh, uh, reasonably priced and, you know, under 50 bucks or whatever you want to call it, deals that you are out there for, you know, for, for the average Joe who's out there looking for a tee time and he wants to play but might not have a ton of money to go out and do it. Uh, we could absolutely do that, and I know we have done that. In fact, uh, we, we had some fun with that on Twitter as well. So um, please send in your text, as I mentioned, the... Uh, Tech Zone presented by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at rosenhyundai.com. Um, that is definitely yeah. something we can do for for the old scorecard listener. Yeah, and we had some. Uh, you know, I think a lot of the names uh, that we mentioned last week. I don't know if you, know, you don't know if everybody heard everything, but uh, uh, you know, you should be listening to the show in an encyclopedic way, all two hours, <laughs> and just don't even leave your radio. It's uh, like you know, it's an FDR, a speech to the to the country. That's but, right. Uh, We're fireside chats here. Exactly. That's what we are. And uh, but you know, just just to run down a real quick, uh, Cog Hill, of course, number four, Dubs Dread, number one. TPC Deer Run out in beautiful Silvis, Illinois, uh, host of the John Deere Classic. Uh, Stonewall Orchard, uh, Highlands of Elgin, the Glen Club, Thunderhawk, Eagle Ridge out in uh, beautiful Galena, Illinois, the Preserve at Oak Meadows, Weaver Ridge down in Peoria, Mistwood in Romeoville, Ravislow, who we talked to the GM out there, uh, Bob Campbell, last week, and uh, Cantini out in Wheaton, Harborside, in uh, Chicago on the south uh, side, right along the lake, and uh, Mount Prospect and Prairie Landing. Those are the ones that uh, that Golf Week says are the top 15 and uh, yeah, public courses in Illinois that you can play. Um, the private courses, you know, believe me, we you know they can't even you can't even sniff a, a tea time at most of those. So, yeah. Uh, but those are the public ones. And so, but if you know if you play a course that you think is really terrific and that maybe is being overlooked. Uh, you know, give us a text and uh, let us know, and we'll uh, chat about it a bit. 
Yep, Cantini checking in on the text line. Uh, actually, the first one we got was uh, for Cantini, Barry, and uh, we will we will yeah. definitely uh, come back to this uh, as we go throughout the show. We will actually talk to uh, the director of golf operations at one of them when we come back. Ron Cassidy from Glenview Park Golf Club in Glenview will join us uh, when we return, talk a little local golf with Ron right here on The Scorecard, presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We can't talk over the intro to Devil Went Down to Georgia Berry, so we won't. We'll let it play out as we return here on the scorecard presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine. Alongside Barry Cronin, I'm Mike Esposito. Uh, we are uh, pleased now, Barry, to jump on out to the Alpamani Nissan Hotline, Alpamani Nissan in Melrose Park on North Avenue or APNissan.com. Our first guest of the show, and uh, he is the Director of Golf Operations at Glenview Park Golf Club in Glenview, Ron Cassidy joins us. Good morning, Ron. Good morning, guys. How we doing? Good morning, Ron. Uh, great to talk to you. Uh, it's a lovely 36 degrees. I, I, I don't know if you have a frost warning out there at the <laughs> Glenview Park Golf Club, but uh, but uh, certainly uh, at least the sun's out, Ron. Well, it, uh, the sun is out. It is a beautiful day, but yeah, it looks like it snowed last night. We got a nice uh, thick white <laughs> layer out there. And, uh, you know... <clears throat> You guys were talking about equipment earlier. A mentor of mine in the business told me a long time, there's no such thing as bad weather, just bad equipment. So, yeah, get your uh, get your little hot hands and your uh, your cart mitts ready to go today for sure. Yeah, it doesn't look like the wind is blowing much, Ron, so there's really no excuse not to get out and play. No, not at all. It's going to be a gorgeous day later for sure. Exactly. Um, Ron, you, uh, I know everybody's had, everybody had a great year last year due to the pandemic and, and everybody wanted to go outside and social distance and everything. Um, so, uh, how has your, uh, year been so far? We've had some weirdo weather, you know, some couple of days have been great. And then you had a lot of rain and then you had just, a, it's a beautiful Chicago spring is what we're saying, Ron. Well, you know, pretty, pretty typical spring actually, uh, We've been fortunate. We've been we've been drier than normal, and actually, the golf course superintendent is hoping for a little rain to get uh, get some moisture down on the soil profile. But uh, what I what I've described to everybody is as we're talking, it's like we shut the lights off last December. December 11th was our last day of operation. Shut the lights off in the living room. Went into the kitchen, made ourselves a sandwich, and came back on and flipped the lights on. And here we are again. Uh, it, it's like it never never shut off for too terribly long. Uh, I was just looking at my my April numbers, and we've exceeded our 10-year average by 55% in total rounds. We did nearly 5,000 rounds in April alone. So there's still a demand. People still want to get out and play. Uh, They're enjoying the game. They're enjoying their investments from last year with the club purchases and uh, different things like that. Uh, We've all heard of the supply chain issues going on. We're having a tough time getting special order clubs in because the manufacturers are backed up. So there's there's definitely an excitement for the game and, and people want to get out and play. Yeah, Ron, and, and you know what? You, I think you have a, a large segment of the population still in the circumstance that I find myself in. I'm working from home, which I never did before the pandemic started, which gives me, if I so chose, a lot more time during the week or whenever you can come out and play. Uh, at, whereas before you might have automatically assumed go to the office, you know, I'm not doing anything today. You can a, a lot of times squeeze in more of that during the week stuff, whether it's golf or whatever, if you're sitting here working in your house. 
Oh yeah, we're 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 seeing a huge uptick in in daytime play. That that traditional slow hour between between noon and two and before twilight starts, we're we're seeing that filled up consistently. Um, you know, it, it's a great problem to have when someone calls up. Hey, I'm looking to come out later today. Well, what time? Well, like in an hour. Well, how about three hours? Uh, or <laughs> they, and like they don't believe you when you when we're saying, I'm sorry, the t-shirt's full. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's it. you're right. It is a good problem to have. So, uh, Ron, people uh, in the industry say, well, gee, now that we've had this big explosion in golf and a lot more participation, either new participants uh, or people who have come back to the game, um, I know that there's some hand-wringing in the industry. What are we going to do to keep them once the pandemic is over? And it's sort of like, I, I, you know, you see this this giant slowly waking up, you know, the covers are coming off and the, you know, the, just about ready to wake up maybe. And, you know, people are at the, at the ball games and they're announcing, well, maybe we'll have concerts. Maybe there'll be some, uh, something to do with the United center, get the, uh, uh the restaurants open, etc. So you're, you're going to start to have to golf is going to start to compete with all the other stuff that goes on and that preoccupies people. Uh, so what, what are you doing to try to keep people coming back? Well, it, you know, Barry, it, it's the million-dollar question is what are we going to do to keep them? I, I'm still looking at it in the, the near forecasting of, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to get other sports venues open and concerts and festivals and events. And a lot of those, uh, you know, that there's still a, a um, uh, you know, that the people that are going to attend those are still going to be kind of packed in or, or at least their view of, of say going to a ball game or something like that, you could be sitting, you know, next to a stranger, elbow to elbow. And I, I don't, I, I don't think people are quite there yet. I think what's going to keep driving the game is they know they can come outside and they can social distance and and you know keep uh, keep away from others, keep away from strangers in a in a safe and a polite way. Uh, those other events, I mean, I, I too, I want to I want to get back to ball games and festivals and all those things, but. I'm not sure I'm ready to go sit in a in a crowded concert hall or or a, you know a United Center standing in a standing in a, a circle with a thousand other people. So um, you know at least for the near the near term, I think we still have uh, you know the open air, the fresh air uh, concept to our advantage. You know, long term, let's just hope that people enjoy the game and the uh, <clears throat> the the recreation it provides and the. Uh, the, the challenge it provides, you know, everybody, you guys were talking earlier, you know, the game is, is so mental. You can, Phil went out and fired a 64-75. I mean, who do, who doesn't want to try to go out and shoot that 64 mm-hmm. again after throwing up a 75? I mean, I, I wish I could shoot 75 these days, but still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and, and Ron, I think you hit it on the head right there. I mean, the, the, the draw and the allure of the game, I mean, all the things that you mentioned, but certainly – getting to go out and play and, and be outside and, and hang with your buddies, whether, you know, whether you're man or woman or child, uh, coming out and play with your friends and, and enjoy a great day out uh, in the great outdoors. I, that certainly to me is the draw and, and exactly what you said about uh, the mental aspect of the game. Uh, I have been out to your club, uh, the Glenview Park Golf Club. Uh, for people who have not, uh, how would you like them to, uh, to know about you? I'm looking at your website right now, golfglenview.com. Uh, how would you like people to to come about and to uh, to come talk about you guys? Well, certainly, certainly visit the website. Come on out and see us. We're uh, we're right in the heart of Glenview, right at uh, Shermer and Glenview Road, 800 Shermer Road in Glenview. Uh, you can call us up and talk to talk to any of the friendly staff in the golf shop. Uh, 
we're uh, you know we're looking looking forward to a great season. If April is any indication of what the rest of the summer holds, we're we're going to be busy. So I suggest if you're going to come out and play, call and make a tea time ahead of time and be sure uh, be sure you're locked in. So uh, while you're here, and enjoy uh, an awesome bite to eat at Course Italian, our restaurant partners. Uh, Course Italian's been with us for three; so they're going into their third season now, and. Uh, it's it's not your typical uh, golf course uh, hot dog. They they serve an awesome 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 Italian sausage at the turn and um, great great stuff. Great partner to have. Well, great, Ron. Well, you know it's always good to have you on the show and uh, and you know good luck in uh, in this year and uh, we'll be in touch, my friend. I, I think uh, I think are we going to see you later? Are you you teamed well, it up a little bit later this morning. Well, or, or, yeah, or, but I listen. I don't want to say anything because it could draw a crowd. You know. <laughs> so let's you know let's just say let's keep it on the lowdown, Ron. You know what I'm saying? All right. We'll we'll cancel the security we had set up for you. How that? <laughs> Very good. Very, yeah. The 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 yeah the Glenview's finest. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Thank you very All much, right. Ron. Hey. Talk to you guys. Yeah. All right. Thanks again, Ron. We'll talk appreciate to you soon. Appreciate it. Right. That's Ron. Good. Ron Cassidy from the Glenview Park Golf Club, also the Glenview Prairie Club. Uh, their website, as I said, is golfglenview.com. I've been out there. Uh, Barry, you're obviously going to be out there later, which is uh, well done on your part. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a it's a Great facility, uh, fun time to be had by all. I think that's right, and and you know we've we've uh, bantered about uh, this topic uh, from time to time. Last year, when we started this show, uh, when we started the season, uh, things had just started opening, and they were very, what was it, two golfers every fifteen minutes or something like that. Correct. I mean, what, that's we, exactly we very, what it was. Yep. We were was. very we were very early in the pandemic, and I know people were. We're worried about, uh, you know, how are we going to do this year with these restrictions? And then eventually being outdoors and being really the perfect game for for this type of, of uh, situation. You know, it is naturally social distanced. You're not on top of each other. You're outside. Um, as you mentioned, as Ron mentioned, I mean, as things reopened uh, gradually last year and they eased some of the restrictions on some of the outdoor places, uh, golf experienced a huge resurgence, uh, you know, in terms of maybe not interest, maybe the interest was always there, but in terms of people getting out to play, I think people had more time to get out to play and, you know, people like me sitting in their house working, you had more time to do that. And, uh, it certainly sounds like that is continuing into 2021. Yeah. And the great thing is, uh, uh, Mike, is that we had a lot more families playing, uh, obviously, uh, people were stuck in their houses. Kids didn't go to school. If I need to remind you, and yeah, uh, right. and and <laughs> exactly. there was uh, you know, and and there was there was really you know, I mean, you either take a walk around the around your neighborhood again and want you know want to kill yourself because it's so boring, uh, or you go play golf. And uh, yeah, a lot of uh, uh, golf, as Ron said, the golf equipment companies uh, sold basically were some of them were sold out of beginner mm-hmm. sets. And so these are the sets that you would buy for, uh, you know, your your, your children, uh, maybe your spouse who never played before uh, gets a set, and then you guys can go out as a family unit and play. Now that's mm-hmm. changed quite a bit. I mean, there was a freak out. Remember, oh yeah. my God, you can't touch the flagstick, or you can't touch the rakes in the bunker, or you might get the 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 the, the virus. I mean, that turned out to be, uh, you know, like so many of the uh, of the uh, 
of the statements made uh, by uh, by the public health officials turned out to be wrong. And, uh, you know, and I think everybody was just uh, working on an over with an overabundance of caution, which was good. But that's mm-hmm. gone away now. And so, uh, you know, you can touch the flag stick without thinking you're going to get uh, leprosy or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you can touch the rakes in the bunkers. But fortunately, they haven't put the rakes back yet, which is great, because then you don't have to rake them. <laughs> and not that not that we ever really hit him in the no, bunker. No, much, no, no, of course not. Um, but uh, but yeah. So you know what? A lot has changed. Um, the, the, we've got a vaccination that people can go and get freely and easily without any problem, and so um, uh, people are back. Uh, and probably uh, you know, depend you know on your opinion of it, you could be all more back. You know, rather and not yep. any restrictions. But you know, the good thing for golf, it, it's still. Uh, it, it, it has exposed the game to a lot of people, and uh, and I know at the Illinois Junior Golf Association, they've got few, way more members, that country clubs have added uh, membership over the last year, and a lot of those people that have joined are younger people, which is good for them, and uh, because that's kind of a backbone of the, uh, of the industry, the country clubs. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, everybody on earth is out playing all these great uh, public courses, and even... You know, just so, so public courses, just to get out and play. And that's what it's all about. Yep. And the only downside, that, as far as I can see it, uh, and Ron mentioned it uh, as he was leaving, if you're planning to go out to Glenview Park Golf Club or anywhere, you better call ahead. You better make that tee time because uh, the old walk-in is uh, probably not as likely to happen uh, as it once might have been. Uh, you, you have to uh, make your tee time, make your reservation, uh, and get on out there. So uh, that's yep. definitely... Definitely a good idea, and uh, we appreciate Ron's time uh, and thank him for joining us, uh, as always. Uh, we have uh, our second of the Ron Squared uh, guest list uh, coming up next, Barry. Ron Green Jr. will join us uh, live from Charlotte. He is covering the Wells Fargo Championship at Quail Hollow. Uh, he is a senior correspondent from Global Golf Post, so we'll talk to Ron about Phil Mickelson and about everything else going on there down there at the Wells Fargo Championship when we return. This is The Scorecard, presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine, right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. And we are back at The Scorecard, presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine. Barry, I don't know about you, but I am an Avid Brothers guy. They are from North Carolina. Yes, they are. uh, we love our North Carolina music as we are down in Charlotte this week. Uh, the Avid yeah. Brothers and uh, among others as, that we we're as was Charlie Daniels a little bit earlier, Mike. I, yes, I he was. Pe- it, people who were listening as they should from uh, beginning to end uh, heard Charlie Daniels a little bit early, earlier as you noted, and uh, he's from North Carolina. So uh, you know, yes. North Carolina well, has can... a lot of musicians and a diverse group of musicians. It's quite really uh, inspiring. Whereas no, last week, not so much, you know. <laughs> and don't confuse Charlie Daniels because his devil went down to Georgia. No, no, no. He is from North Carolina. We have researched Ex- this. So, uh, exactly our crack, correct. Our crack research staff, uh, namely Barry, was on top of that. So that is, <laughs> that is uh, uh, for sure. Uh, we are back on the scorecard presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine. Barry and Mike here with you every Saturday morning from 6 to 8. And we are pleased now to uh, hop on out to the Alpamani Nissan Hotline. Alpamani Nissan is in Melrose Park on North Avenue or at apnissan.com. Uh, he is the senior correspondent for Global Golf Post. You find him on Twitter, at Ron Green Jr. 
and Ron Green Jr. joins us right now on the scorecard. Good morning, Ron. Good morning, fellas. How are you? We're doing great, Ron. You know, it's uh, it's 36 degrees up here. It's perfect golf weather, as I'm sure you can appreciate being from from uh, the Charlotte area. Uh, <laughs> it's a it's little a bit little different chilly temperature. Down here for, the, for me, it's a little chilly. I think it's in the. It might be nudging 50 right now because I have a tea time at 8:15. So I was kind of on shorts weather. It may not be that yet, but I, I need to go back to one thing. As y'all were talking before I came on about North Carolina music. You left off the, the best North Carolina musician, Eric Church. Uh, yeah. A hundred percent. Eric Church is on the list for, there's no doubn about it. So, uh, and, boy, if I'd if, and, and if I'd have known that we might have had that him as your intro walk on walk up, uh, we could have had walk up music. For oh you, my right? God. Oh, we'll have to redo oh. the show. But uh, but good. Well, I'm glad I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned him because he was on he's on the list, you know. So uh, we'll see if we could get just you a little. Some ticket. Just bought Did some you? tickets for his concert tour. I can, you know it's one of those things where you're buying tickets for a show next February, which somehow seems a little far off. But anyway, it's it's a well, you know what? Uh, at least at least we're playing golf, right, Ron? Yes, we are, and. Uh, uh, it was a little breezy at Quail Holly yesterday. In fact, it was a lot breezy, and I think it's going to be similar today. So uh, six under par is at the top of the leaderboard is not normally what you think with a PGA Tour event. But uh, uh, Gary Woodland's up there. Rory McIlroy looked like Rory McIlroy again yesterday for a change. And uh, unfortunately, Phil Mickelson looked like the more recent Phil Mickelson yesterday. Yeah, yeah. What uh, Do you feel like, Ron, that um... – Quail Hollow, everybody loves the golf course, and it seems like maybe the uh, the tournament has fallen in a spot on the schedule where, you know, it's not convenient for everybody. You know, we know that the that the PGA Tour pros they do every all their scheduling kind of according to their own um, you know, preferences and travel schedule, et cetera. Do you feel like maybe Quail Hollow is is a little bit a little bit less prestigious this year because they have some guys missing? Well, I think actually this year is one of the better years than in recent years. I, I agree with you mm. that I think given the way the schedule sets up, it, it kind of eliminates some players from time to time. Players play where they like. But they start out with seven of the top ten and ten of the top 15 in the world in the field at Quail Hollow mm. this week. So mm-hmm. uh, it's actually one of the stronger regular regulatory events of the season so far. Now, a lot of the high-ranking guys checked out this week, you know, John Robb, Three-putted, 17th hole to miss the cut. Patrick Cantley bogeyed the last hole to miss the cut. And Bryson DeChambeau had already flown back to Dallas thinking he had missed the cut. Uh, I guess when you have a private jet, you can turn it back around and say, we got to get back to Charlotte because he's teeing off in about uh, 20 minutes, I think. Made the <laughs> oh cut. But, you know, it's once you get past the Masters and with the PGA now staring us in the face in two weeks, it's, yeah, the schedule uh, – a lot of guys play Hilton Head that really like it, but a lot of guys don't. They want to do the decompression thing after the Masters. Then the team thing, some guys, a lot of guys don't really want to play that. And Valspar has a decent hill. This field ramps up, but this feels to me like in the same way you sort of go in March through Florida and there's always your eyes are sort of focused on Augusta and it gradually builds up. I think Quail Hollow starts, I don't know what it is, maybe eight weeks or something, but you got Quail. Uh, they go to Texas next week. They have a nice field. Then, then it's the big event at PGA. You got a week. Then you go the 
most of the top guys go to Memorial. Then you get a week, and suddenly they're Torby Pines for the U.S. Open. It's like this big, big run. Then it'll be about a month before the Open Championship. But uh, the way they the wraparound schedule got restructured, there is sort of a down uh, period right after Augusta, and now we're on this what's going to feel like a sprint almost, feel like big event after big event. And it's always best to to see the, the top players together more. I mean, uh, I know Dustin Johnson and Brooks Koepka are coming back next week. I think they would have loved to have had him here at Quail Hollow, but uh, they're happy with who they have. Yeah, Ron, and, and uh, you mentioned Rory McIlroy. He's definitely one of the uh, the best in the world, and, and he's certainly – uh, playing like it, at least yesterday, he followed his round 172 with, with a 66. Uh, and I know he had uh, some uh, some interesting comments afterwards about the weather. And you mentioned the wind, and I saw several of the golfers talking about how windy it was yesterday and just how difficult it was to play yesterday. It was really, really, really windy. 25, I think, gust close to 30 miles an hour. I mean, to the point, as sort of firm and fast as the greens are, you started to worry that it was going to become a little uh, too much because you'd see guys stand over putt sort of looking at the ball like, I'm not sure I can do this right now. But um, it, it will, as I say, it'll be more of the same today, which the direction it comes from is not sort of the prevailing wind we get down here. It's coming more from the north, which means uh, the 18th hold, which is treacherous enough, plays right into it. I'm guessing players were having 200 yards into that par four yesterday, and that green is just, you know, it's the size of your kitchen table with the creek to the left. And uh, that it played uh, more than half a stroke over par. So I, I think, I don't know if we're going to see anybody really take it low, maybe in the morning or the earlier part of the day. But if we get what we had uh, yesterday, I think guys who can really grind and trust it are going to be in really good position. You know, Rory is, it's, we're all familiar with his struggles. He actually sort of did, you know, the mock, cheered himself, raised his arms in uh, the little media interview area. So they said, I'm playing the weekend. I'm playing the weekend. And it's been since Bay Hill, I think, since it played one. And uh, so I'll be interested to see what he does. He told, was talking a lot about one of the things he's done is he's always been a guy who's had a big sort of, as he would call it, a slinging draw off the tee. And he's now sort of done a Dustin Johnson is counting on hitting his spade. He's sort of, that's his go-to shot off the tee now. And it's been a bit of an adjustment but he said some of it has to do he thinks with new technology he said i think he thinks it's harder to turn drivers over now i am in about 25 minutes will disprove that theory finally. <laughs> but uh you know he, he's working his way back you know it's funny how he's won twice at quail i think he got beat the playoff here i mean he loves this place he's a member and uh it's almost like this is where he needed to come to sort of get some of the good mojo going again. Well, I think we all love Rory and, uh, you know, all golf fans love him and everything. But, you know, you mentioned that about he's not playing that slinging draw, and it reminds me of uh, Martin Keimer. Remember him? He used to hit the big slinging yeah. draw and then tried to hit a – then try to redo his swing and then hit a fade. It's like, wait a minute, is Rory really doing that? I mean, uh, you know, and <laughs> what if it doesn't work? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think – yeah, I mean – it, we've all heard the story of how Dustin Johnson, what transformed his career partly was learning to hit that fade off the tee that just became automatic. And right. uh, then obviously his wedge plate. So I, I think Roy needs something he can count on. He had, he's been fighting the dreaded two-way miss and mm-hmm. we all know what that can do to a player. And 
stepping up there not knowing which way you're going to hit it uh, is just, especially at that level, is just it just undoes everything you're trying to do. So um, he he sounds very optimistic about it. You know, he had talked earlier about uh, this year about how he went chasing distance and seeing. He sort of clarified yesterday. He goes. He said, "I was not trying to do what Bryson does." He said, "Because I thought so many guys are doing that. I would say it was more a general thing of trying to find speed, and it came at a cost." He said, "Now some of the speed he went chasing has stayed in his swing, so he feels like he can hit it a little longer, as if he needs to." And uh, <laughs> but he sounds like I think with Pete Cowan working with him, they did some work last week in Florida, and I think it's sort of, I don't know maybe decluttered some of what's going on in his head instead of trying to get in all these positions and you know, get your elbow here, get your shoulder here, do all that. I think he's just back to just trying to, to take it and play the golf course. That's, uh, I mean, that's hard. I mean, we know what it's like. I mean, Ricky Fowler talked about it the other day, but you know, he played a good first round, ended up missing the cut playing in the afternoon. But he said, I'm just during his break, he said, I quit worrying about, what I was trying to do technically, they, me and my coach, just go out and play. Just play. Remember how to play the game like you were a kid. Um, and I think that's hard for, for guys at that level, just like it is for us sometimes. But uh, the closer they can get to it, the better they are. Right. Hey, Ron, we had this uh, this uh, uh, story a couple weeks ago come out about this bonus fund, the $40 million bonus fund for the tour players, you know, based on their social media activity and their profile, et cetera. Uh, and, and that was supposed to be kind of an answer to this Saudi Arabian-financed Premier Golf League. Um, and, and yet it, it that sort of raised its head this week, and they're saying they're still... Uh, talking to Mickelson, uh, trying to get him interested in you know this hundred million dollar deal that they have going. What what uh, where does that stand now? What do you think about about that? Well, yeah, I think it's like the fire you can't quite put out. I think mm-hmm. it keeps coming back, and I, I agree that the player impact program was one sort of response to it. I think there are others. I think purses are going to go up significantly. We're already seeing it on the Corn Ferry Tour. I know talking to the guys who run the Wells Fargo, they were talking about how much their purse is going to go up. And I think that that will be part of a response as the television and rights deals kick in. I mean, Discovery, what is that, a $2 billion international rights deal, and then seven or $800 million here in the States. So I think there's a lot of money there, and I think they will combat that, and the Tour will combat it that way. Uh, you know, when Jay Monahan met with the players at their regu- regularly scheduled meeting here Tuesday night, he sort of just read them the bylaws. You know, if if you leave and go do something else, you'll lose you subject to lose your uh, playing privileges. And I I think that's a huge <clears throat> threat. As Ricky Fowler said, he goes, a lot has to happen for this to happen. Now it keeps coming up, and I think the money's there. There are actually maybe two groups trying to put something together. Uh, I I think. There are certain players I can see a guy like Phil or Justin Rose or Henrik Stenson, some of the names you heard mentioned, wanting the big payoff to go do this for say three years, sort of the twilights of their careers. Uh, but I think for it to succeed, you got to get the biggest guys. You got to get Rory, who's just adamantly against it. You got to get Justin Thomas, who has already sort of brushed it off. He's not interested. You know, the George, he's the sort of the needle movers, and I don't know that they can get enough of those guys to do it. 
I think my sense is the major championships are probably, you know, the PGA just had a statement, uh, and Augusta National, I think, had statements saying they support professional golf in it, as it is with the European Tour and the PGA Tours. I think those are ways of saying, hey, if you go do this, you might not be playing with us. Um, there are sponsorship contracts players have to deal with it. If they were to jump to these other leagues, I'm sure it would be nullified. Um, you know, as Rory McIlroy said, there's still no television deal. There's still no uh, sponsorship deals. There's still no player signed. So there's still a lot of talk. Now, there's a lot of money, and money turns heads and can do a lot of things. I think ultimately, at the end of the day, it won't happen, but it may force something, uh, the PGA Tour and the European Tour, to do something else to sort of, uh, I don't know, offset this to sort of like, all right, we hear what you're saying with this. Here's what we're going to do in our way of answering that question. Well, has, has Monaghan uh, talked to them, to the players, to me, the the whole uh, the the gambling uh, situation with the tour they're they're going they've got all these uh, uh, gambling uh, uh, organizations that they're that they're they're you know kind of co-sponsors with with the PGA Tour. That gambling money is going to just be I mean that's another absolute pot of gold. You know what gambling these guys they print money they print money. You go to a casino they're printing money. <laughs> and and the same thing with uh, you know all, all the different apps that are out and you know you hear the ads all the time for all the different uh, gambling organizations, you know I mean heck that's what Shotlink is is going to wind up being it's it's going to be uh, uh, just a, an element of uh, uh, of the of the whole uh, gambling thing for the PGA Tour they're going to make a ton of money. Yeah, uh, you sound like a story I'm working on our magazine. We're doing a package <laughs> on uh, gambling and golf coming up. And, you know, gambling and golf, they sort of go together like peanut butter and jelly in a way, I mean, because Absolutely. everybody plays for a couple bucks or whatever. Um, you know, I think the interesting part of the tour's involvement in this is I don't think the actual gambling part they will make much money on. That's not the way the model is structured. Um, that will stay, I mean, they will get a portion, but it's surprisingly low from their estimates and other estimates. What their pay is, payback is is uh, that great marketing buzzword, engagement. I mean, mm-hmm. more people getting involved for longer periods of time, and then that transitions, you know, more eyeballs, all that stuff, and then media rights, sponsorship rights, all those things suddenly become more lucrative. The tour charges more, so the money comes back in bigger chunks that way. I think it's the way it sort of washes down for them, but yeah, I mean, they are already they're very excited about what do they call it in-game wagering uh you know golf's perfect for it i mean the shot to shot thing they're going to do with shot link i i know that i think in the uk and talking to people 80 percent of the wagers there are made after competition starts and golf is built for that like i talk to a guy who bets golf all the time he goes i wait till thursday night i wait till the first round's over before i start betting so mm-hmm. i think you're going to get a lot yeah. of that and they're building the Sportsbook, literally at TPC Scottsdale, DraftKings is doing it. So you can sit in there and bet golf. Uh, you don't even have to go out into the crowd to watch it. You can just sit there on site, and uh, I mean, that's become that's going to be one of the great uh, golf go-to getaway weekends for uh, yep. people to for just sure. go play the, that golf course and then just sit there and watch games. Well, for Ron, sure, we Ron. know you're gonna you're gonna win your bet uh, on the on the. Uh, uh, we're gonna we're gonna win your bet, and we will talk to you soon, Ron. Thank you so much for being with us. Enjoyed it, guys. Take care.
Thanks, Ron. That's Ron Green Jr., senior correspondent, Global Golf Post. Uh, quickly, we have a, a contest read here, Barry. So we want you to log on to cdga.org contest. Register to win a CDGA season starter pack. In the pack, you'll get an imperial hat, towel, and zero-friction super tube with spectrum matte balls, tees, and a universal fit glove. Everything you need to start the season, that's cdga.org slash contest. When we return, our travel segment will head on up to Grand Haven, Michigan, American Dunes Golf Club, and we'll find Lieutenant Colonel Dan Rooney. We'll talk to him next here on The Scorecard, presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine. 